0: Let's bow our heads and have a little prayer as we begin. Dear kind Heavenly Father, we come here that we might know you better, that you might reveal yourself to us. So come and show us who you are and what you are, and fill us with a hunger that we might search after you and follow you. Give it to us, Lord, today as you explain to us about life so that we'll understand it. Help us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text is in Matthew. Matthew chapter 16 for our text today. Matthew chapter 16. We're continuing our studies on God and what God is and how do we live in such a way to live for Him. Matthew 16 for our text today. Years ago I had a friend named Arnold. But nobody ever called him Arnold ever. Everybody called him Fuddy. And Fuddy is up in heaven now. But years ago he told me a story about something that he did. And funny, Fuddy ran a back hole all of his life. And as his kids grew up, They helped him in his business. And one day he told me a story about something he did with one of his kids. They worked for him, and he promised he would pay them if he worked for him. But when payday came around, Fuddy said, Now you owe me rent for living here, so I'm going to take the rent out of your pay." And you can have whatever is left over after you pay your rent. Well, Fuddy told me that young person complained. And he accused Fuddy of cheating him. And he accused Fuddy of being greedy. And he said it wasn't fair. And he complained bitterly every payday. But Fuddy kept collecting his rent. (laughs) Well, eventually a day came after a long time when that young person wanted to buy his first car. And Fuddy said, you know what, I've been saving your rent money and now I'm going to give it back to you so you can pay for your car with the rent money. That was a good thinking on his part. I remember when I was young, my mother used to tell me, if you get a dollar, it burns a hole in your pocket. By which she meant you just have to spend it if you get it. You can't save it. Every dollar you've got to spend, and it burns a hole in your pocket till it's gone. You see, old Fuddy knew that if he gave all that money to that young person, they would squander every penny and save nothing. So Fuddy saved it for them. And when the time came, he gave it back. And he was a wise old fellow, that Fuddy. And he taught that young person a valuable lesson. In the end, Fuddy restored to them what he really never took away from them. In our text today, Jesus will make an offer that's similar to all Fuddy's rent. Now I wonder a question I asked you today. I wonder if you own anything that's of any value. I always say if a robber came to my house, he'd probably shrug his shoulders and leave. Because there's nothing there worth stealing. (laughs) I have a table in the corner that I treasure. It was made by my grandfather, so it has value to me. If you tried to sell it on eBay, you'd be lucky to get a dollar for it. Nobody in the world would want it. Its value is sentimental. I have a drawing hanging on my wall. It's a picture of my Uncle Ed. It hangs on my wall so I can look at it when I'm studying for my sermon. I wouldn't part with it for any amount of money. But to the rest of the world, it has no value at all. My wife says our furniture is all junk. Nothing of value. And I guess... I don't really own anything that's valuable. My wife once had a diamond ring, and she was planting flowers up around the church. When she got home, she realized her diamond was missing. So somewhere around the church, buried in the dirt, is my wife's diamond. That's all the buried treasure we have. (laughs) And don't bother trying to look for it. It's too small to notice. Maybe you're just like me. You don't really own anything of any value except your home and your property. That's usually the thing that we have that's worth something. But I figure when I'm dead and gone, I will have paid taxes, more in taxes, than my property was ever worth anyway. (laughs) In our text, yeah, in our text today... Jesus is going to give very valuable instructions about life and he will explain to us how do you determine what is valuable in life and then when you've discovered what is valuable, what you own that is valuable, how do you keep it? How do you avoid losing it? It's very wise advice, and it will do you well today to pay close attention to what Jesus says. Now I'm reading from Matthew chapter number 16. I'm beginning at verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And what is a man profiteth if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he shall reward every man according to his works. Now first let's consider the question, What do you own that is valuable? Jesus asked this, Would it be profitable if you were to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Now first, answer the question, what is a soul? You and I are made of two parts. We have a physical body that we can see and touch. And then we have a soul. Now, there are different words that are used to describe your soul. It's your life, and not the flesh and blood that makes up your physical body, but the life that lives in your body. And you have a being, you have a self awareness, you are a thinking person. God made you to be unique, you have a personality. You think and you process information and there's something special about you. There are millions of people all over the world and ever since the beginning of time, millions more, but there's not one other person anywhere who's quite like you. You may say, well, all I am is a brain sending impulses through my nervous system. But that's not your soul. Your soul is connected somehow to your body. But when your physical body fails and you die, your soul separates from your body. The Bible says that our our body goes to the ground and our soul goes back to God who gave it. Now Jesus says your soul is very valuable. It's God's gift to you. Your life, your being, your consciousness is a gift from God. And Jesus says your soul is more valuable than anything you could ever own. Buried treasures, priceless art objects, property and home, more property, bigger houses, thousands of acres and mansions. Put them all together and asked if I was the richest man alive, would it be any profit if I lost my own soul? No! Jesus said no. Listen my friends, no one ever takes a U-Haul to the graveyard. You can't take it with you is the old saying. Your soul is your most valuable possession and it would be silly to work and scrimp and save and spend 80 years of your life collecting and hoarding millions of dollars and then die and lose your soul and spend eternity lost. What a terrible waste of life and time and effort that would be. Jesus says, your soul is your most valuable possession, so don't lose it, he says. Now listen as he tells you how to go about keeping your most valuable possession. Verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now notice Jesus says, if any man will. If you want to. He doesn't try to force you. And God's not twisting your arm. He doesn't say follow me or else. No. No. Instead, he says, if you want to. God is too gentle and kind to force you. He's too much of a gentleman to twist your arm. On the other hand, he won't beg you either. He's too much of a king to beg He won't force you, but he won't beg you. He just says, if you want to follow me, now that's enough for me. I want to follow Jesus. That's enough invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jesus was on earth, He healed all manner of sickness. He raised the dead. He said things that nobody else ever said. And he did what nobody else could do. He's the one for me. I want to follow him. But he says, if you want to follow me, do you want to? And if you want to, two things are required. Number one is this. Let a man deny himself. Now what does it mean to deny yourself? People got a lot of funny ideas about denying yourself. Some people think that eating fish on Friday is denying yourself. You don't eat meat, only fish, and that's denying yourself. Well, Jesus doesn't consider that to be self-denial. Other people think if I go and I live in a cave off by myself for the rest of my days and I eat nothing but bread and water, that is denying myself. No, no, my friends, that doesn't qualify either. So what does it mean to deny yourself? The Bible says Peter denied Jesus. And you remember the story, Jesus was on trial for his life, and Peter was outside by a fire, and someone said to Peter, I think you're one of Jesus' disciples. And Peter said, I don't know who Jesus is. I never met him. I don't know who he is. And that's how Peter denied Jesus. He said, I don't know him. Now, to deny yourself would be to say the same thing to yourself. I don't know myself. See, if I look in the mirror and I say, that's Eric Olson, and I don't know him, and you'd probably think I was crazy. But listen, if I say this, I don't know Eric Olson looking at me in the mirror, and I don't know what he likes, And I don't know what he wants. Now you're getting there. You see, you and I have a personality, unique and different, a soul, a being, our life. It was God's gift to us. But when we were born, the devil gave us a birthday present. And so he added to our personality something else called selfishness. And that was the devil's birthday present to us. We were born selfish. Well, you say, well, babies cry because they're hungry or because something's uncomfortable or hurts. Yes, that's true. But give them just a little time to develop. Babies soon learn that they like to be held. So, Mama, when you put me down, I'm going to cry. And when I cry, you'll pick me up again, and I get what I want. (laughs) We start out very early learning to be selfish. It comes natural to us. As we get older, we learn to manipulate people to get what we want. We control others to get what we want. Selfishness is a refined art with us by the time we get to be old. Now Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. You've got to stop being selfish. You can't follow Jesus and be selfish too. The two things just don't go together. Following Jesus is not about getting what you want. It's doing what Jesus wants you to do. So Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. So what is a cross? Well there is something in every life and there's something in your life I'm sure a burden, a relationship some situation that you find yourself in and that thing whatever it is works against your selfishness. Maybe you've got a relationship with somebody, you take care of them, you help them. It's not about what you want, it's about taking care of them. And it goes against your selfishness. Or you may have some disease that limits you takes away your time, it takes away your energy, and you can't do the things that you want to do. It goes against your selfish desires. Jesus says, whatever it is, whatever burden, whatever situation you have in life, anything that goes against your selfish nature, do it. Pick up that cross, he says, and follow me. Now listen, my friends, a cross was something that was going to kill you. In Jesus' time, if you picked up a cross and put it on your shoulder and carried it, you weren't coming back. It was going to kill you. Listen, my friends, Jesus knew what he was talking about. Because one day, he picked up his cross. He carried that cross, that burden on his shoulders, out to Calvary's mountain. And then they nailed him to that cross. And I want to tell you, in the history of the whole world, that was the most unselfish thing anybody ever did. There was nothing in it for him but suffering and pain and torture and death. No, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you, and he did it for me. He did it out of an act of self-denial, an act of unselfish love. He picked up his cross, he carried it out to Golgotha's hill, and he died for you and me. And now he says, if you want to follow me, we got to get rid of that selfishness you got to stop saying, I want to do what I want to do with my life. I've got my own plans. I've got my own desires. i got my own agenda. It's my life. I want to use it the way that pleases me the most. Jesus says, no. You're going to have to look in that mirror and you're going to have to say, I don't know you. I don't know what you want. I'm not going to listen to your selfish whining. Tell yourself that in the mirror. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus says, you can't keep your selfish way and still follow me. The two don't go together. Then Jesus says, now listen now. Here's how it goes. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And if you say, it's my life, I'm going to live it my way, I'm going to do what I want to do, and you try to keep it and save it, Jesus said, you're going to lose it. But Jesus says, if you give up your life to me, you'll actually be keeping it. It's like Fuddy's rent. Give it to him... Give your life to Jesus, and in the end, he'll give it back to you. That's right. That's right. Come to find out, give your life to Jesus, give your soul to Jesus, give your heart to Jesus, and that's the only way you can save your life. There is no other way. Your most valuable possession, please don't lose it. Give your life to Jesus and he will send you out to serve others. He will help you to spend your time for others and give your energy for others and you will find living for Jesus is a very unselfish way of life. Now my friends, if you can't decide, should I give my life, my heart, my soul to Jesus? There is one more thing then to consider Listen to what he says in verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he shall reward every man according to his works. Jesus will someday come to this world and sit as the judge of the entire world. And if you have spent your life in selfish pursuit, the judge will know. No matter how cleverly you disguise it, How subtly you hide your selfishness. He will know your selfish ways. And he said you will suffer loss. But give your life to Jesus and serve him. Do what he wants you to do. He will reward your unselfish behavior. He will give you your life back. He will reward you richly for unselfish behavior. So Jesus asks... Do you want to follow me or not? Say yes, my friend. Say yes. Say yes, and you will keep your most valuable possession. Don't let your life burn a hole in your pocket. Give it to God, and he'll give it back to you, just like old Fuddy and his rent. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this instruction in life. We're glad that you gave us words like this so we could understand what you want. Help us, Lord, as we think about our lives and what you offer us to remember that everything we give to you comes back to us a hundredfold. So bless us, Lord, as we give our lives to you. As we deny ourselves and take up that cross, that burden on our back, the things that makes us what we ought to be and helps us not to be that way. Bless us Lord. Be with everyone here who makes that decision and God bless them and fill their lives. Give them back that special thing so that they can have a wonderful life living it for you. We ask your wisdom to fill our hearts on this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Here's the words for this song. All right, let's finish up with I have decided to follow Jesus. Time your bulletin. I have decided, standing together with us if you would,
0: he said? Amen. (laughs) I'm going to ask Levi to close in a word of prayer. Levi.
1: Dear Lord, we come to You and we ask that You would help us. Help us to know what it is that we struggle with, our selfishness and the desires that we have. Help us to know the things that we ought to deny in our life. Help us to lay those things down Lord, may we go forward and decide to follow You, whatever the cost may be. Lord, we know there is no turning back, and just like taking up Your cross, there was no way back. It was leaving for good. We pray that our hearts would be ready to leave leave the world for good and follow You. We ask for faith to do this. We ask for strength from You to stand up, and to deny ourself and to follow after you. We thank you for your words today and that, you're, that you are always there to help us. We ask for protection on these people. Watch over them. Bring them back to this place safely, we pray. Watch over those who are watching us through uh, the Internet. Just pray that you would protect all of them. Be with them wherever they are, in this country or in this world. We thank you, Lord, that your hand goes around it all, and that you can watch over those people. So we pray for all of them. And this day we pray in your name. Amen.